Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to NJSBA's podcast program, Conversations on New Jersey Education, a program designed to have uh, those of us in the education community and beyond uh, discuss education issues today to meet educational leaders um, and to learn a little bit about learn a little bit about education in New Jersey. Uh, today we'll be talking about marketing your school district to your parents and community uh, as a whether you're a K-6, K-8, or K-12 district. Uh, and with me is uh, two, uh, two administrators, uh, the superintendent from uh, Vernon Township uh, School District in Sussex County, uh, Art Benedetto. Welcome, Art. Good morning, sir. And also with him is his assistant superintendent, uh, Chuck McKay. Welcome, Chuck. Good morning, Ray. All right. Uh, before I, you know, I know a little bit about Vernon Town. Well, I've been in the school district a while, but for those of us who are not uh, familiar uh, too much with uh, Vernon Township, I know you went through a period of uh, declining in enrollment uh, over the, quite a few years. I think it has flattened out in recent years, but with dealing with that, it made forced the district kind of to examine itself about what programs to keep and how to keep as many students in, in the district as possible. So, um, Art, could you just explain a little bit about uh, your district? And uh, you know what? Also give me a little background, how long you've been there, how long you've been in education for our listeners. Yes, sir. I have uh, – this is my 44th year as an educator. Very proud of that. Um, previously worked in Vernon Township uh, years ago, working my way up from teacher to assistant superintendent left in 1989 to become superintendent in other places, and returned two years ago as an interim, which I, I stayed for a year, and then I came out of retirement to take a five-year contract because of the excitement that's going on here. Vernon Township is a 70-square-mile district, has about 3,200 students in it right now. At one time, had over 5,400 students in it. So we were faced with enrollment decrease as a main challenge and how to deal with it. Okay. And uh, Chuck, a little bit about yourself? Sure, Ray. I've been in the district since I was 23 years old. I first started in South Jersey and then started teaching here as a young man. I taught English for 25 years, uh, and then I found myself in administration, uh, not only supervising the English department and then department chairperson, but then I was the principal at one of our schools, Lounsbury Hollow. And then uh, as Art came aboard and decided that he was staying with us, I moved over to central office and I work um, uh, with him um, on a daily basis. All right. Uh, I explained a little. And for those who don't know, Vernon is pretty much the top of the state. It borders the state of New York, too. Uh, uh, and it has a lot of mountains for those of you in South Jersey. Um, <laughs> uh, are, uh, I, I explained a little bit, but you 
from my conversations with you and watching you speak on it, you did have with that declining enrollment, it forced the district to kind of really look at your programming curriculum and a lot of things, right? Yes, sir. We needed to reallocate things. So Dr. McKay does two jobs. He also does personnel. I am also the director of special services. We knew we had to concentrate on programs. We had to concentrate on new stuff for kids, and we had to catch up with the world in terms of where are the interests of kids and how can we best serve them. Okay, and uh, I know you also had, you know, when you were doing the declining enrollment, and we're going to look at a lot of different things. The, but first, we'll look at your outreach that you did to your community and your parents, because uh, I know you did a, you decided that you had to market yourselves. Uh, well, right. first of all, why don't we say why did you, uh, the two of you, decide? Not just the two of you. Um, I know the board and other people were involved, but why did the district decide that? You know what? Maybe we have to promote ourselves a little bit more. One of the things that we decided when we first started taking over uh, the programs, Ray, was that the message wasn't getting out about the new programs. And, and one of the things that has to happen at the same time as the development of new programs is to make sure that the community is aware of those new programs. As Art said before, we are competing with other schools. There are local private schools that we're competing with and, of course, the vocational schools. So we asked ourselves a simple question. Where are the jobs in New Jersey? And we contacted the state of New Jersey and started to talk to the Ed Department, and they were telling us that the jobs are in five different areas. Uh, the areas from allied health to construction to hospitality to engineering to graphic designs, et cetera, et cetera. So what we simply did was we, in, we basically brought those CTE programs to our school. That had to be marketed. The way to market that is to that 21st century skills are very different than 20th century skills. Uh, an example would be that Spears is laying off people, but Amazon is hiring 100,000 people. So what do we have to do in order to make sure that our students who may be the four-year students going directly to college, but the two-year students going to community college, what can we do for them to make sure that they have a better educational opportunity and maybe a better direction? So once the program started to develop, we realized that we needed to get that message out there. So we did two things at the same time uh, contiguously. We branded the school district with our V uh, and started talking about, and then we had the outreach program in which we are reaching out to different service providers, including real estate people, with packets and information and letting those folks know of the great programs that we have um, in the schools. And then the final piece uh, of that outreach was uh, an app that we put on our phone that we showed you the other evening. And the app is the way we're reaching the new generation of parents. But the average parent who's bringing their child into kindergarten is under the age of 30. And we want them to be, we want to be able to reach them and the way to reach them is with an app. Uh, a couple of things, and we'll get into this outreach a little bit more, but also for uh, anyone listening, uh, if you want to ask a question, dial one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four, or if you're on the chat room, uh, you, just please just type in a question, and I'll pass it on to uh, Art and uh, Chuck. Um, as you were talking about that, uh, you talked about you know that there is competition. You realized that there was competition, so and. and Basically, the other schools that are like that, even the public schools, whether they're a charter school or a vocational school, they kind of have to mark themselves. Is it something that most 
K, most K6, K8, K12 districts or regional high schools, they don't really spend a lot of time thinking about marketing themselves. As we said, it seemed that enrollment decreases were just being generally accepted as the status quo of society. We refused to accept that. Um, we felt that we could make an impact on the community by adding programs and letting people know about it. So, I mean, we take, we take the word competition seriously. We're, we're, we would never, ever badmouth another district or another institution, but we felt that we could compete with them. And we asked, our, we asked the parents of, of uh, students going, uh, applying to parochial schools or to school to meet with us to give us a chance to demonstrate what we were doing in terms of pushing programs that we felt were appropriate. Dr. McKay this morning visit, uh, had a visitor, a family um, of a child at eighth grade parochial school going to the local excellent parochial high school, um, gave him a tour and demonstrated to them how we can compete with that particular institution. Chuck, take it over and just give sure. an idea of what that. The child expressed an interest in engineering and the technical aspects of building construction, and we have those two CTE programs, but I wanted to show him the facilities as well. So anything from the laser cutter to the uh, Revit, which is an industrial-grade uh, design program, and all the things that we offered. It's not that we're saying that the other schools don't offer it. What we are saying is your child started with us. At some point during his career, you decided that we weren't doing our job. We want to hear from these parents and find out what the other schools were offering. And then we can say, but we have these programs. We have these programs. And most of the programs are new. But Ray, I want to tell you that when I took over this job as assistant superintendent, there was 272 students that were waking up every day in Vernon and going somewhere else to school. And whether it was the uh, parochial school, whether it was the vocational school, whether it was the charter school, or whether it was another private school outside, many of those people had a perception of the school that was not based in the reality of what we now have in the school. And I think we now have because we have introduced uh, a myriad of new programs and new opportunities and new concurrent courses with universities um, at our flagship school, the high school, but also new programs throughout our district. You were making the point earlier, Ray, about marketing. Marketing is a, is, is a simple term for a very complex idea. The complex idea is not just to win our students back that were going to other schools. The, the marketing goal was for the buzz about our school system to start to reach the external aspects of our community so that people started Say great things about the school because once people start to do that, within five years we'll see the fruit of that effort through um, the fruit of a booming uh, economic town. People buy homes. School. Ray, that, if I could jump very on that, true. If I could just add yeah. one item to that, one of one of the key components that illustrates what Chuck what Chuck talked about centers on partnerships with businesses and colleges. I want to talk about the colleges just for a second. We had a new new president at the, at the Sussex County Community College who seemed to be open to ideas. We contacted him, and the result of our contact with him was that our high school is now a satellite campus of the Sussex County Community College. It enables 40% of our kids go to two-year colleges upon graduation. It enables students to gain access 
to 24 different courses of concurrent credits. That is given to them at a reduced cost, one-third the cost of tuition as if they were a college student. That kind of information that we tend to get out there, and that has had an effect on people looking at us and saying, wow, this is maybe something we can take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm, as a, I'm listening to the two of you, it's kind of a two-pronged thing. One is you, you changed your curriculum and your programming, or you tweaked it. Uh, and the other is, but that's not good enough because people have to know about it. Uh, so then, and because there's a perception out there, whether real or imagined, uh, and usually it is, uh, that, uh, and you had to change the perception of your schools, even within your community. Uh, and that was a focus of the administration in the district. Is that correct? Right on the head. Yes. And statewide and nationwide, there is the discussion about failing schools. And the idea simply is that the public schools save children's lives. And we have programs now that, that basically address the 40 to 60 percent of our students who are not heading to four-year schools. That's the idea that Mr. D brought forward when he became superintendent, which was that this was a comprehensive education, not just a four-year college uh, preparatory education, and then the rest of you, good luck at the community college. Instead, it's a partnership with the community college, partnership with our work partners. It's a partnership now with Local 68 down in Fairfield for operating engineers. It's a partnership with Mountain Creek. It's a partnership with Thor Labs. It's a partnership with anyone that's willing to work with us so that we start to offer our students some sense of the fact that their life has a direction, that that can be tied to a major or minor in high school, that they can get college credits while they're here, and that their parents are sending the children to a place where education is taken very seriously. Oftentimes we do great things, theater, music, arts, the band, all of those wonderful things, but there's also that question of what are they doing in the actual classrooms uh, in order to make sure that my child will be uh, economically viable uh, as an adult, and that's what we could now address. Ray, we believe honestly okay. that if a, if a family identifies a preferred future, we can help the student get there. That that's that sums up our task. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I know both of you, and I know you're both really uh, dedicated to this mission. Uh, now, uh, I just want to reemphasize something. Then I want to go out because I know you also talked to realtors in the community, which I thought was very good. And also I want to get into the app a little bit uh, right. as sure. well. But you met with, you reached out as a school district as a part of your policy is that if someone, at, it's probably mostly at the high school level, but uh, not necessarily. If someone was looking to leave the district, uh, go outside, d- did you just uh, contact those parents and say, you know, just please give us a chance. Do you send them a letter? Do you email? How, how do you do that? We Reach out. Them to a <laughs> we promised them free food and beverage. Uh, Ray, we did. Uh, if an individual had called us in the beginning of the year, um, we sent them immediately our packet, which has brochures on the CTE programs, brochures, brochures on each of the schools. So one of the things that we did do through our IT team, and our IT team is led by Matt Shea, who's an outstanding uh, professional, is each of our principals made videos of themselves uh, uh, and a tour of the school. We put that in a QR code on each of our brochures and at the front of each of the buildings. 
So when real estate offices are showing the buildings on the weekends, they can just snap it with their smartphone and up comes a five minute introduction to the school by the principal with videos of students being in the school. But it's also on our brochures and our brochures go into a packet with an introductory letter to the parents. So the minute, and my ear is to the ground, the minute we hear that a, a family is interested either in moving out or in another school, we send an introductory letter we offer a tour, we give them a packet, and the packet has all the information about the school. So again, it is a full-scale effort on, uh, at every aspect to show that the curriculum has changed, that the programs are available to them, and that we are competing with everyone. And um, with that app and uh, mm-hmm. with the principal thing, uh, the video, um, mm-hmm. If someone's, if I'm a realtor, if I'm looking at the house in Vernon, and someone, and uh, you know, they always ask, if, especially if they're, you know, younger, uh, what are the schools like? Where, where would my <laughs> son or daughter go to school? The realtor could actually just give them a, a right there, then and there on the smartphone, say, here's your, this is the, the principal for this school district, uh, for this uh, house. The um, real estate agent has the packets in their office. They also have a card that shows. And if the real estate agent has it on their app, which our local real estate people do, they can not only show the principal, they can tell them what they're serving in the cafeteria tomorrow. <laughs> and so you may uh, – that didn't just happen. I, I, I assume that, uh, that you no, must sir, have coordinated a, a meeting with the realtors. Yes. Yeah, we, we've met with realtors um, a number of times uh, in the last two years. Um, we have occasional uh, – presentations by uh, the realtors at Board of Ed meetings or their, their participants in what we're doing. Um, we don't have a lot of them in the town, but the ones we have are, are very strong and um, they're, they're very open. We, like I said, we honestly believe we can have an effect on a community and it's good timing. Banks are letting go of foreclosures. We have people buying homes at very uh, cheap prices as compared to years ago and uh, it, it's a uh, it's given us some significant energy. Okay, and um, I, I guess you do. You also, uh, on a regular basis, do you do any outreach of what's going on in your schools, uh, so that yeah. it, you know it's not that's just, it's not the same video. Like if I come back and I say, well, yeah, I've seen this numerous times. Does that change? Does your principals and or your staff yeah, yeah. regularly uh, post things? Yeah, the app is brand new. Um, it's only been out for three months. But the truth of the matter is we have a YouTube channel uh, in which we post things. We also have a media specialist here at the Board of Ed who's finishing up her NYU degree, a master's degree at NYU uh, in this kind of media specialty. So we're leaning heavily on her expertise as well. So she blogs. Uh, we have Facebook um, as well as Instagram. So, And we also have a new athletic director who sends Instagram shots out while games are going on. Uh, We also film um, athletic events and other events and put it on the YouTube channel. So there's all of that kind of very 21st century present time research uh, going out there or um, analysis going out there. And the last thing I'll say about the real estate agents, just to get back to that, is we're now reaching out to Morris County uh, real estate agents on that side of the county. Uh, Come up 23, they are very interested in living in Kinelon. 
once they see the prices of Kinelon, our mantra is we can give you Kinelon quality schools at Vernon prices, and all you have to do is travel another 12 to 15 minutes up the highway. So the idea simply is that that outreach is happening as well. And again, that's a weekend outreach, but we have told the real estate agents uh, in various areas, if you need us for a tour, we'll open up a building and we'll make it sure it happens on the weekends. Uh, before I forget, uh, and I meant to ask you this before, so I'm backtracking a little bit, so forgive me. Uh, but we, you and I had a conversation before, uh, and you met, you did a, you know, and I, Chuck, it looks like you're the one who does is taking the lead on this one, meeting with the parents. Is there, uh, it would seem to me that just by saying we want your student in our district, is that is there an impact there? Because most times, from my experience with public education, a student leaves, a student leaves. Uh, we're not happy about it as a school district, but I, I don't I don't know if I've heard of people doing what you do on a, at least as a part of your policy and as your procedures. Uh, is there an impact from the parents? Are, are they surprised that you call them? Yes. <laughs> yes. They're shocked. <laughs> uh, Mr. P calls them. I call them. Uh, we set up tours. When we did the dinners, people were shocked that we were actually trying to court the students. And we often talk about the model being um, a private college that is losing enrollment that has to stay afloat. What's the first thing they do? They change their marketing, they do their branding, and they make sure that the programs get out there. And we're doing that same type of skill set with our package. There may be a callous belief amongst other school districts that this doesn't make a difference and people are going to buy based on price or they're going to uh, move to a community based on reputation, etc. And that is not part of their job set. But if this is not part of my job set, I don't know what is. My goal is to make sure that this is a vibrant uh, educational community uh, with Mr. D at the head and that we compete for every we possibly can with their, as Mr. D said, their preferred future so that it, it plays out in the next five years with people coming here to live here. Ray, can I address for a minute yes. financial relations to this? Because... People hear this stuff and they say, wow, where's, where's your budget going? Last year well, we you, cut did, the budget. you did mention that you guys are doing two different jobs. That's fun. That's fun. Last year we dropped the budget a million and a half dollars. Next year's budget will go down a half million if it's, if it's, if it's approved, which it will be. Um, we, we sort of cut out some of the traditional circumstances, but we, we – we feel that we use some innovative ways in which to get things done. For example, when I, I mentioned the relationship with Sussex County Community College, they wanted to start a cosmetology program in the northern part of the county. We built the lab. It cost us about $40,000 to build the lab. Um, we did it last summer. We enrolled kids in the school, and Sussex County Community College provided the teacher for us. So they're essentially paying for use of our building in the night by giving us a cosmetology teacher, which is not an easy find. We started the program. Uh, it is at capacity um, for what we offer right now, and we'll expand it next year. But the idea is if we kept five kids who might have gone to another school to take cosmetology, the state aid on those kids in the two-year period is going to pay for that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we're very financially 
conscious. Okay, poor Chuck, I feel badly because every time he comes running into my office with a new idea, I have to sit down and ponder the finances. And I, I know it's right. ponderous, but it's, uh, this can be done. Sometimes it means challenging some of the sacred traditions of a district or a school. The other item that we haven't mm-hmm. mentioned yet has to do with the elementary level. When I met Dr. McKay again after working with him many years ago, he was the principal at the Library Hollow School, and he made a significant effort to reach kids' interests. And I'm going to ask Chuck to talk about that for two minutes. Sure. Listen, yes, I want to, Chuck, before you go, I did want to bring that up yeah. because we've been focused more on the, the high school because, high school. Yeah. you know, uh, and you guys did examine things, so you're really looking at the whole K-12 experience, whole not just yes. the 9 through that's so, an excellent, excellent point, Ray. That's an excellent point. The The point of the matter is that if you're going to have an organic program that builds on itself, it can't start in ninth grade. Right. So one of the things that we've introduced at Glen Meadow through Joe Piccarillo, who is uh, um, one of our supervisors, is um, Genius Hour. And the Genius Hour is a very modern idea. It takes place mostly in maker stations. Kids are doing design and modeling and and these things build towards our CTE programs in the high school. And, but at Lounsbury Hollow, when I took over as principal there, the children weren't as interested in things like pep rallies and sports and variety shows, the traditional programs that every school has. And when those things fail, what happens is a bunch of adults get together shake their heads and say things like this. I don't know, kids these days, they're really not into this or they're really not into school or they're really not into. I have never had that philosophy, not as a parent, not as a teacher. I want to know where they are and then figure out how I can tie that to their educational background. So at Lounsbury, we introduced things like robotics. We introduced coding club for fifth and sixth graders. We introduced all sorts of computer design programs. Uh, we had competitions with them. We um, gave them shirts and put them on robotics team. And it wasn't all just STEAM stuff. We had an agricultural club that started planting gardens. Um, we reinvigorated our connections with Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, et cetera, and made the school the center of it. And to the point where on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, when you had those activity buses, we were packing the activity buses with students. The students had changed, but they hadn't become disinterested. They're just interested in something else. And we had to figure out what the something else is and Mm -hmm. then lead by example and get involved with it. And that's what we did. Not easy for two old guys. (laughs) (laughs) But but it seems that it really wasn't – you weren't creating those programs as much as you were just trying to listen. And and I'm going to jump to a conclusion here. I I guess you're – you try to get your entire staff to follow this philosophy. It's not just two people trying to do this because you can't be in every building at every time. So it's no, something exactly. that I guess you have to give your direction to uh, it's enabling. all your staff. It's enabling. We have a lot of champions of kids on our staff. We are blessed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I, I have to go back to a question because you, you did have declining enrollment. So how did you adjust with your staffing and your budgeting as you lost kids for a while? Is this – part of it all right well let me give you an example if if field hockey is not popular and three kids are playing field hockey you take the fifth and sixth field hockey team you move it to seventh and eighth grade they play with the older kids and that worked out 
you cut that stipend and that stipend becomes for coding. So it's one of those things where you re-examine where the students are. In other words, we have to put our money and allocate it in a place where the students are. As Art was talking about the cosmetology lab or whether it's music production. Now, we have great band and great music programs. But you know what else the kids are interested in? Electronic music creation. So we created programs for electronic music creation um, at different grade levels, and the students have their headphones on, and they're working on Macs, and they're creating music and soundtracks for um, movie trailers. Now, something like that, uh, I'm a parent, and my kids room into music. Is that something that the parents can be uh, at least observe? Is there concerts, or is there something that they can listen to so that, you know, you know how – you know how a parent is. They're not going to go to the math class because they're probably not going to understand it, even at the fifth and sixth grade level, uh, and cheer their kids on. But is, this is something where is that something where parents get excited about too? Yes, absolutely. So um, the music group, the, they presented at the board of ed, and their parents were there, and we all listened to music. And if if you can picture this, a couple of seventy-year-olds sitting around listening to electronic music that's more for the Daisy Festival than for their ears. You can imagine the hilarity of seeing this. And again, when children produce, you're never sure what they're going to do, but we just, I mean, uh, Mr. D and I and many others in our district just love the fact that they're that creative. So there's that. And then on, we have an art standing night, which was started two years ago by Mr. Piccarillo, again, the guy who is the supervisor. And that night, all of these type of skill sets, whether it's robotics, whether it's movie creation, whether it's music creation, or all the artwork that students have created K through 12, is all on display on one night. The first year we did it, we had 800 people there. The second time we did it, which was last year, we had 2,000. It was the largest event Vernon has held in years, and it was around these kind of ideas. People will come. Like you said, parents will be interested if you do it. Hmm. Uh, you mentioned before, and, and the theme is you listen to what kids are interested in, and you try to adjust your curriculum to programming that is a little bit different, you know, probably a little bit more hands-on. Um, how do you keep that going? To, uh, is there a process that at the end of the year you uh, evaluate things, uh, or is it just, just a pro- ongoing process that every day you kind of review what's going on and what's working and what's not working? It's a great question. The first part of the question has to do with one of our central words, which is engagement, trying to encourage teachers to engage kids. Um, Not an easy task. Somebody asked me about teaching as a career yesterday, and I told them I would put that right up there with the iron worker, the carpenter, and and the gentleman who, who, who does the hardest physical work you can. Standing in front of 25 kids a day, uh, a period is a very difficult thing to do. Engaging them, especially in the 21st century, is a gigantic challenge. So we, we try to, to push that type of thing with our staff. We try to give them the proper training to do that. Um, that that's a challenge that is a consistent one, and we continue to, to work on that. We have, we have not laid off people, despite all the new stuff and the, and the enrollment decline. We have been able to shift things around, especially because of dual search and stuff like that. We need to keep our younger, energetic, and more tech-oriented people there, and it, that, that helps our engagement effort. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, 
Now, uh, this is a completely t- off-base question, I guess, but uh, you d- you do have to get new teachers, every, you know, as you uh, as people retire eventually. And uh, how do you recruit them? Because uh, for those who don't know, Vernon, as I said, is at the top of the state, and it's, it's not on your way. You know, it's it's pretty far up there. So, does this help in your recruiting the teachers? That you know, they it looks like you're encouraging them to be a little uh, creative. What we have found with things like our robotics team and things like our debate squad or model UN, et cetera, is that if our young people are running those programs, and for the most part they are, then when they talk to other people from other schools and talk about these programs and the, what the school is doing, there is a unique interest on the part of some young teachers to get involved so what we're hearing, or what I'm seeing, is emails to me in which the people say, I was talking with your robotics coach on Saturday, and it sounds like you really have a really great program. We may have cuts in our program uh, in the future. A lot of young people are very worried about declining enrollment in all districts. It's a New Jersey phenomenon. So mm-hmm. they're worried about their jobs, and they're reaching out to me worry about their jobs, but the way they start the letter or the email is, we heard you have, uh, you know, a vector graphics program. We hear you have uh, this kind of music production program, or we hear that you are doing robotics with fifth graders. I would love to get involved with that, that type of thing, in order to um, introduce themselves to it. And then the other piece is, since I've been in this district most of my career, I just know all the teachers, but I don't know teachers outside the district. But Mr. D has a unique uh, perspective where he has a giant bullpen based on all the people that have come through his career. And any time mm-hmm. we're looking at someone, Mr. D has a name for us. So, <laughs> Okay. And uh, as you move forward, uh, you know, you mentioned before in promoting the school and making changing the perception of the school – uh, which I think is something that everyone has to deal with, no matter what your district is. Even though the district has a great reputation, you want to always maintain that. Uh, you mm-hmm. use social media a little bit. Uh, uh, well, besides the app, that's a lot of it, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. But you said you also use Facebook and um, um, uh, you have a YouTube channel and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yep. How do you use those in promoting the school? We, we use them mainly as informational bases. Um I would not encourage people to read Facebook about what they say about the superintendent and assistant superintendent when they're, when they're not happy with our work. It could be crushing. So we tend to ignore that right. stuff. But right. we, we do have open forums where people can contact us uh, anonymously by email, and, and they'll let us know what they're feeling, and we do read those. But uh, for the most part, it's, it's informationally based. There is some interaction on some of the special – there's sub-sites, there's a special ed site – uh, et cetera, but um, it, we're, we're looking to get information out there in as many, many ways as possible. The New Jersey Herald has a great reporter that covers us most of the time, uh, Eric Obenauer, but there, yeah, there is some times where we're expected to do the press releases. Well, I wasn't happy with our press releases because they were simple. Um, they tended to be just a picture of a child in an activity with the child's name and maybe the teacher and what school they were in, with no explanation of what the program was and how it was connected to the classroom. 
So every time that we're creating articles now out of the central office, and again, it's with a young woman named Lindsay Rogers, um, we ask her, how does this connect to the classroom? How does it uh, express a progressive um, educational bent? Um, how does it show uh, the academic aspect of our district? Because that's the message that needs to get out there. All those other messages will get out there, whether it's a facilities thing or whether it's a sports thing or a musical theater thing. People will get that message out there. The message that they're not getting is what's going on in the classroom and how that works and is connected to their child. So all of our press releases are rather comprehensive, i.e. long, uh, but in them it's how it's connected to a child's academic uh, classroom. And uh, we have gotten nothing but positive feedback on that aspect of it. And if you were a district, if you are starting over again uh, and looking at how to promote your school, uh, what are some of the things that you learned along? Maybe you went into an area you said, you know, we thought this would help, but it didn't go. It didn't really work as effectively as we thought, uh, you know. Uh, or is there something that we haven't covered that uh, you thought is an important thing for uh, another administrator, board member, or someone to know? Well, one, one thing that I noticed is that the new stuff does a great job of reaching younger generations, but the traditional outreach efforts are still important. Okay, so that is why Dr. McKay has put forth paper and technology. And, and I believe that that demonstrates a res um, for, for, for people of all generations. And I, I believe that's a vital one. And that's hard to do sometimes, but it, it's necessary. I got a call after we did our presentation a couple of weeks ago at the school board's dinner. I got a call from a uh, South Jersey uh, district. Uh, they wanted to know how much our outreach cost in terms of dollars. And it was, uh, you know, they, 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 we had to give them the whole, the full picture in order to gain the cost. And you, but all the stuff we're doing, app and outreach with the with the pamphlets and brochures, we, we didn't spend ten thousand dollars on this, mm -hmm. uh, but it was, it's been very worthwhile. But respect all in terms of reaching people. One of the things that I've noticed is that there's a generational shift uh, that has happened in education, in which you're seeing a lot more of grandparents who are um, uniquely qualified to be the child care uh, deliverers, and we need to reach them as well. And those are people that are of my um, generation, and the brochures and the packets and the direct mailings and some of the things that we've done with them have worked very well. Active SCAs where we show up during the meeting and talk to them about some of the programs having meetings at night and bringing them back. So generationally, we're reaching one generation with an app and Facebook and Instagram and um, the kinds of images. Another generation, we're reaching with direct mailings, with packets, with programs. And, uh, you know, the, again, I want the greater community to be reached as well. And that's your newspaper generation with the New Jersey Herald and also your real estate agents. We're in the business of getting people to move in as well. And it doesn't think that they're doing that really is ignoring a very important aspect to education. So it's not an either or, you know, sometimes we say, okay, we don't have to send out this. Uh, we don't have to meet the parents. We'll just do a, a little uh, post it on our Facebook page. So the, the effort has to be 
both using the, using all the new technology because it is effective, particularly with uh, the younger parents and maybe even with the students. But you need to reach out to people the old-fashioned way and meet with meet. You're meeting with parents face to face. Yes, you are. You know, doc, Dr. McKay uh, had a meeting with. We invited all the pastors uh, from the local churches in. Um, I, I was unable to make the meeting. Dr. McKay ran the meeting. The idea that the school district has a care about what 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 goes on in the in the places of worship. How can we work together? Especially if we have a homeless situation. Can can we get can we help each other in those kind of situations? That's a good message. It's a simple meeting, two hours, boom, and you have a message where people are leaving there saying this district cares about people. Right. And Mr. D's meeting with the mayor's office, he's meeting with Mountain Creek. In other words, we're really trying to let everybody know and craft the message the way we want it crafted. Someone is going to have a message about your district. Whether you craft it or they craft it, someone's going to say Vernon's known for this, and Vernon is bad at this. And I want to make sure that I'm in on that messaging. I want people to know that we're good at all of these things, and we're not bad at those other things. We're going to fix them. And that's our message. And in order to do it's exhausting. Yes. But it's exhausting. Uh, but in order to do that, it means meetings three or four nights a week. It means um, uh, having a conversation with these people and being comfortable having a conversation with these people. We cannot go to the pastors when we need something. We got to go to the pastors first to talk about things. And then later on, if there's something we need, they would at least be open to a discussion with us. Oftentimes districts react instead of being proactive. And it's only when there's a crisis going on that they're reaching out to these people. That's not the time to reach out to them because then it looks right. like and we're I just, uh, we just lost you there for a second. Uh, okay. I do want to say, for those who are listening, uh, Mountain Creek, for those who are not familiar, who are probably maybe in South Jersey, is the local water park, ski resort. Uh, it's one of the destinations in the north uh, northern part of the state. Uh, so that's a major business in the, in the area. So I, I guess the, as we come to a, a, the conclusion of this um, – the final thought is that you have to make this a priority if you're in a district. Uh, not that teaching in the curriculum is not a priority. In fact, you adjusted your curriculum. But I guess your your message is you somehow have to make messaging, making every, crafting your image uh, using yeah. social media, using whatever you can helps the district in the long run. Right, and not to be too much of a madman type of person, the truth of the matter is I'm crafting the message that's the truth. The last 16 okay. months, we put five CTE programs in. They're very progressive. They're all new. An example would be uh, Mountain Creek this and Friday. One more thing, uh, one more thing. Uh, in case you're a parent listening, uh, tell them what CTE is. Oh, it's a career and technical education program in which the students take three courses in their high school career. They get concurrent credits through colleges. They take a test at the end of it. They get a cert from the state and also get to work uh, in an advisory club like DECA or FBLA or Skills USA or HOSA. And then um, in the end of their career, they take a test and get college credit for it. So it's three levels. Uh, it can be for students going on to four-year schools. It can be students going on to two-year schools. Or, as I said before, students go directly to the workplace, like Local 68. They would be prepared for that. But one last piece I want to uh, make on that uh, 
discussion, Ray, is this, that we're crafting a message based on something that Mr. D has spearheaded and put in place and all the great supervisors and principals have done, which is we have new programs. And Friday night, this Friday night is a classic example of that. Mountain Creek has allowed us to use their giant um, for a shark night where the seventh and eighth graders coming out of Genius Hour are presenting their ideas to the leaders of the community. And they either, like Shark Tank, they either buy in or out uh, from seven to nine tonight. Then the high school kids are coming in, all of our computer uh, kids are coming in, computer science kids, et cetera. And we have 10 teams competing and the town, Harry Shortway, the mayor, is gonna present problems that the town has and the kids are going to spend the whole night in a hackathon in which they start to create solutions for the town. This is a perfect confluence of wow. Mountain Creek, the town, us, and getting our children involved with people who are important in the community. It will be praise for our children. It will have the parents there. It will have Mountain Creek there. It will have the community there. And they're all doing something positive. And yet... It may look like uh, a crazy festival, and people who have not used to hackathons may say, what the heck is that school district doing? But the truth of the matter is we can't get kids to go to a pep rally on a Friday afternoon, but we're going to have hundreds of kids there Friday night. Okay. So uh, that, we're, running, we're coming to the end of the time. I need to thank both of you. Uh, Art and Chuck, Art and Chuck uh, thank you for joining me on this program. And uh, is it okay if anyone uh, is interested that they can reach out to you if they're from a, another school district? Absolutely, sir. Uh, we are honored to do this, and we are honored to share. So they can, okay. they can, call, us, uh, they can call us, they can email us. Our website has all the information they need. Okay, thank you. And uh, thank you for joining me. Thank Ray, you, sir. Thank you for the time. Okay. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the show. Hope everyone enjoyed it. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.